many people shy away from holistic modalities like Reiki or shamanic healing. Even I did at one point. Yet often when we're pursuing spiritual or creative growth, going down the paths of curiosity can lead us to bolstering that relationship with the intuitive mind in, well, ways that can't be received from traditional methodologies. This week, my intention was to talk with, well, a facilitator, a healer, a worker with these types of modalities, Ashley McGreevy, and see if I could understand or crack the surface a little bit behind my remaining skepticism. She works with her holistic healing business, Ruby Rua, to use her breadth of holistic therapies and tailor them to the needs of each of her individual clients. So on this episode of A Quiet Voice, with me, Colin Ward, I hope you enjoy that discussion. I know I did. I'm so grateful to have you, Ashley, and to talk about Ruby Rua Holistic Services, which is a company that you run yourself. And I'm very curious to know how long have you been doing this? And tell me a little bit about how you found your way doing this this service for people. Well, I suppose, how long have I been doing? I suppose from since about 2010, my life took a, a change. And up until that time, I was a very, very busy businesswoman who, I was a, a sales agent, covered all of Ireland, all 32 counties, <clears throat> and was constantly on the road, constantly on the go and really busy, but loving every minute of it. Then the crash happened. And where I used to be a case of people would say, oh, when can you see me next? And, and I'd get back into my car and I'd have about 10 missed calls that people were looking for me. And I was going from that demand on my time to, no, sorry, we're okay. Don't need to see you. No, 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 no. And I found myself in seriously anxious, not because I was really, really busy, um, but because I was gone really quiet and I found that very difficult to cope with. And what happened was I ended up <clears throat> one, and it was a Sunday evening, sitting at home, heart pounding. I thought I was going to have a heart attack. And I went to the doctor the next day and she nearly killed me for not doing anything about it on the Sunday evening. And she said, what about a career change? And the following week, I signed up to a reflexology diploma. And I haven't looked back since. But I think, Colin, I am like a lot of women out there who think they're capable of everything until they crash. And that's what happened to me. Oh. Of course, it's not, you know, you're, you know as well as I do that it's not limited to women. Men are notorious for burning out and and it does seem to be like almost a thing that we run more and more as as a, in a, as a societal pattern that we push things to the end and then only in the carnage and wreckage of of the aftermath do we really like piece together the wisdom that we need to to go forward well that's it but i have to say that was the pivotal point mm. in 
I suppose, my healing journey. Suddenly it was like, oh, Ashley, you can actually do something for yourself now. <laughs> you know, it was, yeah. it was really interesting. And that whole 14 months during my, my reflexology diploma, different parts of me started to change. My hairdresser was going, Ashley, what are you putting on your hair? It just feels so different. And I hadn't, I said, it's, I'm having regular reflexology treatments. And, and it was changing everything about me, you know? So it was, yeah. Wow. So you were starting to notice the connection between your internal world and then the health of your body. Because you're saying Absolutely. that your health of your hair was changing by having a lower stressed in work life, I guess. Yes. And, and in reflexology, there are particular points for the skin and the hair that were being worked on a regular basis. And so, yes, the, they were actually physical signs apart from all the emotional and, and mental signs that were happening. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. It, well, yeah, ref reflexology is an interesting thing to start with. I find because I know already that you use lots of different modalities and mm -hmm. I hope to talk more about these modalities. Reflexology seems to be in the span of holistic remedies, the one that is the most accepted by mainstream kind of people. Maybe it has more, maybe because it's closer to like a masseuse or it's closer to a physio or this type of thing. But now you're dealing with access consciousness, integrated energy therapies, essences that we can talk about too. It, was there a big leap between reflexology and these other call them more alternative therapies or but tell me about that. I suppose I should qualify it and say that I had done the first degree Reiki at that point, but that was only for myself. I wasn't using it as, as a therapy to help anybody. It was, it was just something that happened and it was, and I think I had probably told the doctor that, and that's why she suggested the reflexology. And when I heard it, I thought, okay, it's an ology. It will give me credibility, you know? Yeah, yeah. No doubt about it. It's an ology. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> and, okay, so Reiki seems to be like the tip of the iceberg then because now I, I have studied different modalities of Reiki. Very briefly on my experience, I could deal with shamanic things. I could deal with meditation things, all these things that, that, that help people get into a trance and connect with a part of their unconscious. When it came from me being the Reiki session facilitator and I have to hold my hands over somebody and work with the energetic body, the auric, auric body, which, and please correct me if I'm wrong because you know a lot more about this than I do. This is what you're ultimately working on. And there's a connection between the auric body, the energy body, and the physical body. There was something in my head that just had my hands over somebody. And I thought, where am I at? What is going on? Like, why am I feeling like there's some sort of magic here? You, you, you know what I mean? And this is probably like from a lot of listeners that I have, like a lot of kind of this beginning of the war between the, the, intuitive and the rational mind. The rational mind loves to say, ah, oh, Reiki, throw it out with acupuncture and meditation or, or whatever. What was it like to go through this process of becoming a healer and like dealing with this 
I want to say almost a duality consciousness that happens, a conflict. Absolutely, Colin. It's funny when you were talking there about holding your hands over. I I was brought back to when I did first degree Reiki and I had no, I somebody had given me a, a Reiki treatment one day and I thought, wasn't that lovely? I was just lying there and I had their undivided attention for the length of time. What's not to like, you know? And I thought that's nice. I didn't feel anything at the time, but I was intrigued. And so I went along and during the first degree Reiki, I we were paired off and the, I was paired off with this chap and he was sitting down and I had my hands above his head and I was doing my best to be really focused. I, my feet were bare, I, my eyes closed. I was being totally in the moment, doing everything I, I was expected to do. And I had my hands on above his head, about six inches above his head. When suddenly he had kind of spiky hair, I thought, oh, gosh, my hands have dropped. I could feel all these spikes gone into my hands. And I opened my eyes and my hands were still six inches above his head. And I'm kind of looking at my hands going, what was that? And my head was going, you know, that didn't happen. And I kept looking at my hands kind of in disbelief. And I put my hands back on his head. Above his head again and close my eyes. And I go, it's still there. Mm. For me, who was, I've always been a logical person. I like to know the whys, the wherefores. There was no logic in this. And I remember speaking with, with it was Dolores was, was the teacher. And I remember saying to her, Dolores, this doesn't make sense. And she goes, right, Ashley, that's your first lesson in becoming a Reiki practitioner it doesn't make sense. And if you try and make sense of it, you might as well leave now. Wow. Yeah. And I thought, okay, I'm just going to accept it. Hmm. Wow. I love that. If you try to make sense of it, you might as well quit. Yeah. yeah. So I guess in that sense, it just requires trust, trust and in the would you say perspective that you're you're having the experience that you're having that's that's real and true and valid as you feel it and you yeah. don't necessarily need to listen to any whatever anybody else thinks because that's sort of outside of your realm of understanding yeah there's no place for it mm. in it and what happens is and and i think this is the same for a lot of modalities colin if we try and put our heads into what we're doing and try and find the logic we're losing the moment we're actually losing the magic yeah and it's like i don't know when i look at, at some of my essences and giraffe essence for instance you mentioned earlier about shamanism uh, that all the the wild earth animal essences are shamanically produced True. so that the chap who, who makes them he, he becomes the animal when I use that essence, the giraffe one in particular, we all know the giraffe can't hide, right? So people will notice me quicker. I get more visibility when I use giraffe essence. Now, that's a little bottle. But if I tried to, to work out the logic of it, I'm missing the whole point. And those around me 
will kind of go, oh, Ashton, you're there. Oh, sorry, Ashton, do you not want to be seen anymore? And I actually changed their perspective by sticking logic in. Yeah. Now we're going to go back for in a second because I okay, need you sorry, to explain. I jumped. No, yes. that's okay. You need to, I need to, you to explain this, this, these, these essences yet at the same time, I'm struck by, I'm struck by the sense that, that trusting your experience is, is very good for your mental health and very good for your, your emotional well-being. And the thought that came to me as you were talking about, like it, it loses all of its power when I start to explain it to people is probably the sense that when, when, and you know that I have a very similar experience of being burnt out after having a very intense job, that logical mind was so activated and charged when you were a sales agent and I was a, an economist writer that it brings you to the point of burnout. So we almost know what the extreme is of that thought process, you know, where that train takes us, you know what I mean? And uh, so it, it, it almost asks us to find that balance between these two worlds. Now, when you're talking about essences, I know that you're talking about, I can see them behind you, but for listeners, they can't really see there. Geez, there must be like dozens of tiny little vials with beautiful little illustrations on them uh, stacked in this wonderful orientation. And I'm assuming they're droppers containing, containing what? They have water and brandy. Okay. But the magic in them is their essence. Okay. And they're made from... Plants, trees, flowers, crystals, and I, I, I mentioned the animals as well. So you can make an essence off from anything because what they are is a vibration. Now, essences make us feel better. So who doesn't want to feel better? But you can make them from anything. The original 100 years ago, most people would probably be familiar with a rescue remedy that Edward Bach created a hundred over a hundred years ago. And he was a GP. He was also a herbalist. And he had a he had done huge research into all types of things. And he ended up becoming a GP and looking after his his patients in the local area. And Mr. Smith had come in and go, oh, my elbows at me again and Mrs. Jones had come in with her foot, whatever. And he realized that the same patients were coming in time after time with the same ailments. And he said, this is crazy. I can't keep giving them medication. And he was sitting out in his garden one day, leaning against a tree and he thought, do you know what? But this tree reminds me of Mr. Smith. And he started to make little tinctures from the different trees and plants that he had close by and started giving them to his patients. And would you know, they stopped coming with the same old ailments because what they were doing were healing the person at a, a, an emotional level. And so many physical ailments that we have will actually have an emotional base. And I, I, just to, as an example, Colin, it, 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 uh, say I meet you for the first time today and coming in, I trip over and I hurt my big toe and I'm going, oh, my big toe is really sore and I'm feeling it. And then I don't see you say for six months and you say, oh, Ashley, the last time I met you, you hurt your big toe. And I'm, I say to you, oh, 
Yeah, the pain of that. Now, that pain is long gone, but my body is still holding the emotion of that pain. And I'm bringing that up. When you take an essence, the conversation would be, oh, yeah, do you remember that day I fell in her or I tripped over and I hurt my big toe? Rather than, oh, the pain. I see. Yeah. I don't go back to the emotion that was holding it there. The memory is still there, but I'm not feeling any pain. Does that make sense? Oh, 100%. No, it makes sense because you're you're not allowing the emotion to overwhelm you anymore. It really becomes something that is on you rather than you itself. You know, there is a there is a quality sometimes of I am sad, meaning I am in pain or I am this emotion and it creates like yes. an equal sign between two things. And what you're saying is that the the process of using something like as simple as the as the essence helps to separate that link between these two things. Am I understanding correctly? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And equally with any of the other essences, if you're feeling sad, there's one to bring you back. It brings the emotions back into balance, basically. But like fear in particular is such a debilitating emotion. And sometimes you have fear of, of known things, like people don't like flying or what are spiders or whatever. And there's an essence for that, but there's also an essence called Aspen from the Aspen tree. And it's for unknown fears. Mm. It's we we stop ourselves doing things because we're afraid of something that we've never done before. So how do we know if we're going to be afraid of it? And so by taking Aspen essence, it, it, it takes that emotion away from us. So then we can turn around and say, OK, I'll give that a go. Yeah. I'm not preconceiving the idea that I'll be afraid. What quote does this help the most, do you find? Because I can imagine not everybody is going to, you know, resonate with with essences. Some people might like other sort of modalities, but but essences to me, they do reflect the literally the essence or like the key component <laughs> of a lot of these other modalities, which is intention. Am I understanding that? Intention and also the connection with the emotion that the person is trying to relieve themselves of. But who do you find resonates more deeply with essences compared to other modalities? Or yeah. I, I probably do more work with women uh, because women by their nature are more emotional and they're not afraid to talk about their emotions. And so they're perhaps more open to the idea of, of essences. Now, on the other hand, Men and children are not always, well, well, men are not always open to the emotions, but they often, they may be open to them, but not wanting to talk about them. And half of the the work that I do with essences is showing images. So if it's, I don't know if it's an oak tree, I'll I'll put up the oak tree. and, And the other day I was working with somebody And I had the lion essence and lions, as we know, sorry, I'm going to ramble off for a bit. This is a rambling podcast. Don't worry. (laughs) Lion essences are, the lion is king of the jungle, right? Yeah. That's a known fact. And the, the lion will sit there quite comfortably. He doesn't go into combat. He doesn't try and aggravate anybody. He is king of the jungle. 
And every so often, he lets a roar out of him because he has the courage and the strength to be just himself. And I was working with, with I was actually with this woman the other day, and I, we were, we were just talking. Sorry, I'm just going to, I just turned around. Lion wants to be seen on the screen. And I just put the lion up on the screen, and you can have a look at him there, Colin, I realize it. People can't see it. It's and, like the MGM lion, to be honest, like the one that yeah. was at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. But... And she was suddenly transformed to a time when she was seven years old and she was supposed to go on stage and do something. And she was terrified. And she said, I could have done with lionesses then. So what it did is it brought that emotion up with her that she's been holding. She's a woman and she's 47 years old. For the last 40 years, she's been holding that emotion inside her. And the lion brought it to the fore and she thought, okay, now I know I can have lion essence and allow that fear to go away. So that that's just an example of how powerful they can be. But you asked me, who do I work with? And for men who don't like to talk about their emotions, if I just show up the lion, like that to the person, I know by their expression, if it's hitting them or if it's not having any consequence at all. And so they don't have to say a word to me. I'll just know by their reaction and by, I suppose, my intuition. And the other group are children who don't have the vocabulary to say what they're feeling. But if you show them an image. I, I worked with a little boy one time. Oh, he was so intuitive. It was incredible. And I was showing him different images. And he used to go, oh, this one smells lovely. And this one tastes delicious. And, and he started to describe it. But he was taking uh, them on board. His body was, was just soaking them up. He needed them so badly, you know? Yeah, I... Th I th the thing that strikes me is that the child in that example is so willing to take on all of these new things as if every single thing is like a new discovery, a new scent, a new image, a new sensation. And then when we get, you know, quote unquote, kind of older or we get more, I don't know, stuck in our ways would be the idiom that they use, you or we or I, and I can only speak really for me, I am less willing to open to the same wonder that comes from being a child. And I can see from the work that I've done in a shamanic sense, that's the way that I can identify with it, that the image of the beautiful creations of the imagination, which a shamanic trance does, puts you into a sense of childlike wonder. And it is such a, a relief. <laughs> it's just a relief to be there because maybe it's maybe it's our natural state or something but either way it doesn't it's not connected with the bill that needs to get paid or the all of the tedium that comes with the modern life as an adult male which is the only one that I know how to experience right now <laughs> but you're you you're so right there because children don't have the preconceived ideas that we have as adults they they just absorb it and they accept it they don't question it and for 
a lot of adults, they answer in a way that we think they want us to answer rather than how they actually want to answer. Well, that's really it. Yeah. They answer because they, they answer how you, they think you want them to answer as if it's a test and not how they really feel. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's that's such a good way of putting it's it. It's funny, you know, with a lot of my clients, and I'll, I'll say, hello, how are you feeling? And they'll oh, say, great. oh, yes, I'm, I'm great, and this and that, and and they'll tell me what they're doing. And I'll say, no, the word was feeling, not doing. Mm. And for a lot of people, it's a kind of, you mean you really want me to tell you how I'm feeling? really feeling and I'm going yeah you're in a safe place you're allowed you know and society stops us so often you know it's as if there is this barrier around a lot of people and they they are not able to let it down it's not that they feel they they can't or they don't want to but it's it's so stuck there a mask yeah a mask you forgot you put on <laughs> can i ask when you're when some keep going with that when you're when you're talking with somebody and you ask them how are they feeling and they mm. speak about what they're doing you know i mean even i think before you before this call you you asked me how am i doing and my initial reaction was what well, you i don't want to tell her really how I was doing because I because we're really we're here to talk about fleeing she needs to be the focus you know blah blah blah, blah. so it isn't it now I am doing I'm doing well so it, it is it is fine it's just that how do you guide somebody into actually checking in with how they're doing in a couple of different ways because I I, I do work intuitively Colin so I'll know if I can sort of push it a little more or perhaps hold back depending on the person that I'm I'm talking with. But if I find that I'm getting absolutely blank in front of me, I will just keep rephrasing it. And after a while, they'll go, what is it you want to know? <laughs> and the answer is, I want to know how you're really, really feeling. Hmm. You do a do you do you practice meditation with people, or do you practice do you guide them through anything that allows them to be be more with you or connect? Yes, with you? I do. I run a, a membership group, and and part of that is I bring in all of my modalities into the the group. But when we do the meditations, I'll always include some healing through the meditation. So I might start with, with bringing in, I don't know, Reiki or integrated energy therapy or bring in Angel Ariel to come into the meditation with us. And I find that works so beautifully because we're, we're as some people are good at meditation and some are a little hesitant. And I know we, we have it all on, on Zoom, so I'm watching them. So I know the ones that are kind of fidgeting a little bit, you know, and, and they're, they're not quite in, in that space. And when I bring in the angels, you can actually see them go, okay, 
I'm not alone here because there's a fear of going into the meditation on your own. But if you've got somebody, well, some being with you, mm. then it's easier. Or sometimes I'm, I'll I'll bring in their little person. Now, when you say bring bring in, are you speaking about opening up like a sacred channel or a sacred space? What is what do you mean by bringing in? Oh yeah, absolutely sacred space. Okay. And uh, with integrated energy therapy, we use Archangel Ariel and and a lot of other angels, but. It is very much a sacred space, and I I wrap everybody within a, a golden ball, mm. so that while you're in that energy, it's healing energy, but you're you're in a safe place to go and meditate, and that you don't feel vulnerable, because I think that's probably a stumbling block for mm. some people when it comes to meditation. I know when when I started meditation or many many years ago i used to get quite frightened by it because i would get so deep into it that whoever was leading it would be getting everybody back out and i was there going i'm way too far in here i'm not going out anywhere for a moment you know so i i understand the fear that can come with meditation or the opposite too probably i know that that i there's there was a big phase in my meditation where I, was, I just thought, geez, if I just look holy enough, <laughs> that it's gonna work. Like if I can just, I've got to have my posture right, and I've got to have my fingers in the right orientation, and you know, I mean, I am bald, so that's already kind of fitting the look. But if I can just <laughs> look as holy as possible, then then it's gonna work. You know, <laughs> you know, I was probably tense as a stick, and uh, you know, talk, thinking my way out of any of the healing potential. But yeah, you know. You can do something the wrong way enough and then eventually figure it out sometimes. Yeah. But in, in general, it sounds like the the space is just very welcoming. In all of these modalities, it is creating, whether it's with, with angels or whether it's with essences or whether it's with just, with just you, yourself, it is just about creating a space that is open for whatever's going to happen. And yeah. it almost like, it almost feels, and I, I should say that the first time that you and I ever spoke, we were we were we were just getting to know each other around what our what our what our businesses were, and I was getting to know you, and you just gave immediately a critical. I, w- I wouldn't call it. I would call it guidance, like critical guidance around what I was doing, and also some of the blockages that I was having in a way that that I hadn't received such honest feedback from in, in, a, in a while. I mean, it, it was kind of like, truth be told, it was kind of like, it was kind of like, I'm, I don't know why I'm telling you this now, as much as, it, as much as say it was something that like I told many people for a while, like, you know, that I needed to do something different or that you, you particularly told me that I was doing really great work with this podcast, but that I wasn't uh, shepherding people enough to their ultimate like destination, like in some way, if you are not holding the space completely for them, then you're just letting them hang. And then they they keep coming back for more, but they don't necessarily get the closure or the sense of growth that they need from the experience, you know? And so my point is only to say that, like, I know that in all of these modalities, what they're doing is they're connecting with a safe space that you are facilitating in whatever way resonates resonates with them. And yeah, that, I can- that would be a very important 
part of my role, Colin, is holding the space. Yeah. Like with each client that I have, while I'm working with them, I, I hold space for them. And with the group, I hold the space. Because when we when we have to trust our souls, our hearts, and our intuition that we might question all the time, if we come from a, the logical side of the brain, it's so important to know that wherever you're going to trust that it actually is safe and sacred. So, yeah, absolutely. It, it, it's my key focus before anything else. Mm. I mean, it is almost, it, it is so rare that I think people have the opportunity to 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 be truly in a space that's, that's safe. And I, I can think of many mental health therapies that I've dealt with where we were bouncing around the sense of me telling them what they wanted to hear, you know, mm -hmm. so that they could go down their checklist or something and do something. And, and the, the, the path towards meditation and shamanic work and just more creative healing in general was only coming by trusting myself and trusting the people that are around me. That didn't necessarily come from the traditional kind of forms of of, of healing, it came from alternative, quote unquote, alternative ways, which really alternative is just the way that everybody else sort of defines what is, to me, it's very mainstream. And to you, it is too. And I think that more and more people are finding that these modalities work for them and help them provide, help them get in touch with something that, that they're trying to bring out more and more. And that's ultimately like what this, what this podcast is about is just trying to, I'm not trying, we're, we're getting people more and more to connect with the creativity as a path to spirituality and spirituality as a path to creative healing because both of these paths are meandering but they are ones that help us live more of a more fully lived life and those are some of the words that I think I saw even on your website that we can that when we're in touch with these elements of ourselves we are in a more lived experience yes absolutely but forgive me though and it's interesting the conversation that we had before when I suggested that you do whatever, I don't have a recollection of that. Because sometimes I think I come out with things and mm. I don't remember coming out with them. So they're not always a thought process. Mm -hmm. They're they're guided, you know? Yeah. So I obviously was guided that yeah. time to say well, that. Yeah. Well, I, I'll tell you, I, I had... This pod, this podcast has kind of gone like stop, start, stop, start, stop, start. I've been making it now for like a year and a half, and this is probably the most consistent it's been since the beginning of the year. And I can tell that because, well, I'm in flow and everything's working, and I don't hesitate with what I'm saying. I know that it's coming from a good good place. When we were speaking about, I think it was probably a year ago, maybe even though it feels like less time. I, a year ago, it was in that sort of stop, start phase where really I wanted to be someplace quicker than I could get there. And okay. the, 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 the thing that you just, you told me at that point was that, was giving me the permission that nothing, I wasn't doing anything wrong. And that the only way to continue along the path was to just sort of follow this intuitive process and understand that it doesn't necessarily work in the timely manner that's defined by the <laughs> logical mind. <laughs> and and then and that ultimately, like as a person who is who is working to 
invite people into a new sense of well-being, which is you're doing yourself, mm -hmm. that the responsibility falls sometimes on the facilitator in order to make sure that everybody is sort of cared for and in the safe space and also feel supported, feel supported. And so right after that, that after we spoke, I, I well, I, I continued making the podcast, but then we also started doing in-person workshops, which was the first time that I'd ever done that. And I feel like those two things are intimately related because, because I knew that in order to go down the path of working with people in a digital setting, I needed to be doing it in, in the first, in first place in, in person. And so mm -hmm. we had, we had, we had drumming circles, meditations, and even had a friend come, come do and do group like Reiki sessions pretty much until the cold weather pushed us all inside. You know? It's hard to <laughs> meditate when it's like five degrees in the rain, you know? Or maybe it's hard for me to meditate in five degrees in the rain. Yeah, so, not so easy. <laughs> yeah, so so th so thank you for that. But I, that's 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 just that's what happened. Let me think. Hmm. I tell you what, we really we really covered a lot of a lot of things, Ashley. And I really am. If there's ever sort of a theme around this thing, I think that I think that the or I feel that the. I feel as if we've helped some people find a path through this sort of muck of the internal or the rational and the intuitive minds um, mm -hmm. to start seeing that when they follow the intuitive path, it is, it is up to them to have that subjective experience and that they ultimately are trusting themselves and they're validating their own experience. All of these, all of these modalities work because, because of that. Is there anything else that you want to add? Yes, I've kind of meandered off into different oh my gosh. stories. No, it's wonderful. <laughs> um, it's wonderful. One of the things probably to mention is Please. access consciousness. Because mm. you're just talking there about the, the logical brain. And access consciousness is another modality that I work with. And it's all about asking the question, but not expecting the answer. And we say, if you're having a bad day, ask yourself, how can life get better than this? And it can. And when you're having a reasonable kind of a day, ask yourself the question, how can life get better than this? Because, you know, it can. And then, Colin, when you are having the most amazing, exuberant, wonderful, extraordinary day, what do you ask yourself? How could this get any better? How can life get better than How this? Can because it can. <laughs> you know? And so no matter where you are, if you're in wonderful form, if you're in the dregs, life can always get better. And access consciousness is all about just throwing out the question. Ask the universe, how can this get better? And... The universe generally comes up with an answer, and sometimes it's one you won't expect. But the other things that we do in, in access consciousness is, is we play on words and things about aging, for instance. When we were kids, we were told, oh, no, you can't do that. You're too young. When you get older, oh, look at you at your age. Wouldn't you think you'd have more sense? And teach an old dog new tricks or something. Yeah. yeah. We have such hang-ups over age and 
the aging toaster is the top of the head in access consciousness. And we clear all of the preconceived ideas that we have over aging. Preconceived ideas, anything that's standing in the way of us achieving our goals, we just clear it. Mm. And the thing is that when we have preconceived ideas, whose are they? Oh, when we have preconceived ideas. Whose eyes are we looking through when we judge that? Probably probably like a parent or a or somebody else, you know, not yeah. not right? Or chances are a parent. Okay. But where or did a they teacher get or somebody maybe? Yeah. Okay. That yeah. parent, that teacher, where did they get that notion? Oh my gosh. Yeah, who knows? Maybe from from their parents. Sure. Yeah. So it's ancestral so, or something. Yeah. yeah. So when you make a judgment about something about yourself, the chances are that your great, 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 great grandmother had that opinion. And it was perfectly good at the time. <laughs> so when we look at something and when we judge, we're not judging with our eyes. We're judging. We've got a question. Whose eyes are we looking at ourselves through? Whose eyes are we looking through ourselves? Yeah. There's something there that that if you weren't if you even if you weren't really into the the access consciousness or or if if everything didn't really resonate with me or as a listener with what you're saying, I think we can all agree that like the way that you speak to yourself and how you how 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 you think and the language that you use. Yeah, I mean, you could hear it earlier when I said I'm trying, and I was like, no, 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 I'm not trying. I'm, <laughs> I'm doing it. I'm I'm working. I'm with some sort of other positive thing because it's a story that we're telling ourselves all the time. And yeah. if we, we, it can either be like you said, a, a miserable journey that's full of suffering, or it can be the second best day of your life, and tomorrow's going to be even better. It, you, you know? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. 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 I think it's it works on so many levels. It that sounds like, and you just have to pick whichever one you want, whichever one yeah. resonates with you. Yeah. But in general, like bring in whatever modality is right at the time. I work with Reiki, and I also work with the integration energy therapy. So both energies. But what I discovered, and which I love doing, is incorporating essences mm. with the energy. And I had a client who rang or sent me an email one time looking to, she said, would you please send me Reiki that she had a terrible pain in her back. Now the Bach essences, there's 38 of them. They each represent a different part of the body. So I used the essence that related to the area that her pain was in, put it on my hands before I sent the Reiki to her. And the next day I got a lovely email and you would swear that she found my essence book and transcribed the words mm. from the essence. There wasn't a single word about the pain in her back, but it was all how she emotionally was feeling. So she received the essence through the distance healing, you know? Um, Amazing. And when you have that, it's, it's, it's magic. Yeah. You know? Well, there's, there's so many other testimonials on your website to speak around those same types of thing. And I mean, even from the experience that I had, which we touched on, touched on briefly, just talking with you, it pours out of you or out of you or out of the place that you hold, I should say. And uh, yeah, well, in, in, in closing, Ashling, how, how could, where can we find more about you? When, where could, if somebody wanted to, or, oh, oh gosh, you know, just learn more about the services that you offer, what, where can we go? So my website, even though it needs updating, um, is rubyrua.com. 
rubyrubyrub.co.uk. So that's R-U-B-Y-R-U-A. And that's not just for people in the UK. Anybody can go to that website, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. And and my email address is ashling at rubyrua.co.uk. Yeah, um, Ashling without I, an H. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Now that I've moved back to West of Ireland, I, I have to update all of that. But yeah, it, it, either way is is lovely. And I, I'm always happy to talk, Colin, as you've probably realized. So if somebody needs advice on on what they should do or where to go in terms of the different modalities that I cover, I'm always happy to to have a chat. Oh, I know that. Yeah. And yeah, I think everyone can hear just, they, they can't see you, but they can hear you. And everybody can hear that you've got a lovely voice that's very, very calming. We can listen to you all day. Thank you so much for taking the time to join me. I'm sure this is not the only time we're going to have you because there was a lot of things we could have gone down, probably many rabbit holes of. But for now, it's it's a wonderful introduction to a sales agent turned into a holistic worker. Yeah. Thank you very much for having me, Colin. It's been such a pleasure chatting with you. Oh, my pleasure. That's the episode for this week of A Quiet Voice with me, Colin Ward. Thank you so much for listening. And thanks again to Ashling for being a wonderful guest. When listening back to this podcast, I feel as if we didn't explore the power of water essences enough. But in doing my own research and listening to Ashling uh, talk uh, at other times, um, there's a lot of evidence to suggest that water changes when it's empowered with intention. Plants grow better with water that is fueled with a positive intention versus a negative intention. And I thought to add that point at the end because it suggests that there is a relationship that our thoughts have with water. And it's just something that I feel like I'm scratching the surface of. But if it's even 10% true, our our bodies are still 99% water. It's a fascinating, fascinating topic and... I hope to explore it in other episodes, but that's that's this episode for now. If you would like to check out any of Ashley McGreevy's uh, material or website, you'll find it in the podcast description. I'll talk to you next week. Until then, I wish you all peace and presence, and goodbye for now. <laughs>